Welcome to Coins in the Herd, Season 1, Episode 34. We had a little break last week because I was on holiday and I think I needed a break from not just work, I needed a break from Spurs, to be fair. So, yeah, we've got a quick summary of the games that were involved in the last week or so, which was uh, Liverpool, Manchester United and Palace at the weekend just gone. So we'll have a bit more of a deeper dive into Palace. Uh, some positives to be had there, new system. Looks like Mason's changed things up a little bit. Kane's knocked out a few more records this weekend as well with his goal against Palace. There's interviews with Kane and Hoyerberg, which were quite interesting. And there's some other bits and pieces involving like potential managers who are now not available. And a look ahead to the weekend's game against Aston Villa. So I guess the place to start really is looking at looking at uh, Liverpool and Man United. And I think it was telling in the interview of Kane when he said that we can't really judge Ryan Mason on those two games because he didn't really have a lot of time to prepare for them. Um, so it's two games in four days, um, one being away from home. But I think I think we did all right in spells in both games. Like against Liverpool, the second half, we created quite a lot of chances. And, and the same against... The same against United. We just keep finding ourselves in positions where we're we're fight, we're we well, we look like we're out of the match by half time. What what are you what are you making of those games? Uh, and you know how, how do you think that he's changed things against Palace, Rev? What what what's what has he done tactically against Palace? I mean, the first thing he's done that's different from Palace is Dyer has been dropped, and I think. I think uh, our defence looks a lot more relaxed. We've, we've got Dyer and Forster gone. They look like they trust each other a bit more now. Like, I think that's really important. I think Romero's... I, I think Romero loses his head because um, because he doesn't trust Dyer and he's always trying to just fling into tackles to get the ball back. And it, I think going forward, I think we're just going to see Royal, Romero and Longley if Longley's fit. Um I just yeah, it, it's it's bad that we go two or three nil down in games, in big games like that. It, it's I thought Liverpool was actually going to be a repeat of uh, the Newcastle game, the way they I thought it was going to be like a seven nil or something. And you've got to say fair play to Mason for probably reminding the players that they have probably a bit more responsibility. They have a responsibility to not get battered every week. Um, and I think now that he's had a bit of time, he's he changed it up because he he knows that there are people we can't trust. So, yeah, I think I think Mason's like I like all the stuff he's saying. Like they've got to fight for their place at Tottenham Hotspur and stuff like that. Um, I think yeah, just give him let's see let's see what he does over a bit more time. But so far he's done the right things, right? You can't really knock him for the stuff he's done. Yeah, I mean. They, they they talk in their interviews about culture and the culture at Spurs needs to change and there's been there's been like kind of little side murmurings that the players you know weren't particularly overjoyed at the at the 
Conte leaving the club. Um, and they think it's more to do with the culture within the club than the manage the managerial kind of appointments. Yeah, I mean, there's players there stealing a living, isn't it? I mean, I don't really want to go talk too much about Man United and Liverpool. They're, they're last week's news, do you know what I mean? We, we 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 didn't cover them. We chose not to do one last week. Um, so let's focus on Palace. And yeah, as you pointed out, he's kind of stuck Royale in there as a right back, but also as a right centre back, depending when we've got the ball and when we haven't got the ball. So that was quite interesting to see. I, I don't, I mean, Bones, you called it. You called it. I think you've probably, it's probably on record at least four times on this podcast over the course of the year about Royal coming in and playing right centre back. So again, you predicted it and it, it, it we clean sheet. Can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I thought we, um, I saw something like, months and months ago where he was solid defensively he was aggressive he just looked to me like a player that yeah for all his um, lack of ability going forward when when I watched him play defensively I didn't think there was any sort any forward that would like to go up one on one with him because he's a bit of a bully isn't he like he he ain't going to give you a a minute to breathe. He's going to be constantly on ya. He's physical. He's he's quite quick as well. I think he's deceptively like quick. Um, and yeah, I just thought he we're lacking in our three centre centre halves with someone who is physical. Who's and I just thought he he could do a job. And I. I he done really well against Zaha, didn't he? Like he he didn't give Zaha an inch. I mean, yeah, obviously Zaha's going to have opportunities in games because he's a good footballer and he and he's he's technically very good when, especially when he's playing direct like like he does. But Emerson didn't really give him um, didn't give him anything, did he? Really? No, Zaha's pretty physical, and he looks to bully defenders with like with his stature and his like physical presence. But yeah, like I said, I don't think there's there ain't gonna be many forwards or wingers that are gonna to want to get into a physical battle with Emerson. So yeah, I'm more for it. So we started the game with with, with Poro as what well, kind of wing back in possession and a winger out of possession. Is that right? I think uh Mason said he wanted Poro to join the pressing up the top. Um, which looked like it worked, to be honest, because um, because he's quite quick as well, and our press is pretty much Kane. I don't Son doesn't press as well as he used to, and I don't know what's like. Richarlison's quite good at it, but we want to be we want to be suffocating teams, I guess, is what Mason's trying to do, and that's probably why he's he's probably wanted Poro a bit higher up the pitch to press uh, rather than kind of having him deep where Conte and Stellini have used Poro because he can't really defend. So it's not like he's useful there. So you might as well just attack from the front. I, I quite like that change, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed when we were going out for corners and stuff like that, did you notice that Son was the deepest man? Like he was almost playing the kind of Carl Walker yeah. role. Uh, what he used to play when we used to go out for corners where Carl Walker used to kind of hang about on the halfway line and he'd be the last man if anyone broke away. Cole Walker would just yeah outpace him and just and just get win the ball back and Son was playing that 
that when we were taking corners and he was the last man running back whenever they were on the counter like he headed away he headed away a, there was a long ball that came over and it was such a good ball and if he if, if he missed time the header or misplaced the header it was it was a, it was a, it was i'm pretty sure it was it might have been zaha it might have been it might have been someone else but it was a great ball over the top uh from i think it was a a lessay and it was and he just kind of jumped and just knocked it knocked it out and it just it just like cleared all the danger it was it was and it was like right he was how, how was he the, the, the player running back defensively but then there was two or three other situations where he again was the last man and he was the one running back to defend if there was a break so that's obviously something they discussed isn't it like okay you're the quickest player here yeah. when we go for corners you've got to be that guy defending unfortunately yes you're one of our best finishers but actually in these situations we need your pace <laughs> we don't want to get caught on the counter it was it was quite interesting to see that's a bit strange, that because he's not he's not really he doesn't really score from corners, does he, Son? So I guess he's not known for his heading pace. ability, is he? I, I mean, I, I think yeah. you can count on one hand how many headers he scored. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I guess Porro's taking the corner, isn't he? I, I noticed that he was taking all our set pieces. Really. Yeah, I think Son took a couple, but yeah, Porro took the majority of them. Yeah, he looks quite good. There was one I noticed. The kind of flash past the goal, but it was a good free kick, and I feel like we've been missing a free kick taker for a while as well. Poro is willing to take responsibility. Like you know, he, he took a shot and he missed, and he probably shouldn't have shot at the time. And even I was like, "Fuck's sake, man! Come on!" Like there was players in better positions, but you think like, "What? You've had your shot now. You don't get another one. Next time you're an opportunity, and there and there's an opportunity to pass. Don't shoot. Play someone else in." And there was another opportunity to shoot, and he shot again. And I thought, well, he's got bollocks. Yeah, I give it to him. He's got he's got bollocks to geezer. Because you know, you've got Son and Harry Kane in the team. They're not going to part with that for too long, mate. You just pot shots from. But he's proved that he can score, and, and he has. And he's what he's got two or three now, hasn't he? So he's got a couple of assists. He's, he got the assist today. Uh, I say today at the weekend against Palace. Really, really well made goal. Harry Kane kind of did all the all the all the hard work with that with that little kind of volley across across the pitch to. Uh, I mean, it was it was class, wasn't it? The way he just turns, like, opens his body up and just p- plays that over the top. It's it's crazy, you know, what he, what he can do. And I think Roy Hodgson said after the game, like, yeah, Harry Kane is just it's individual class. Like he can just do that, and then he's created a, a goal scoring opportunity for himself, just with a just with a crossfield ball. Like, it's, but we you know we see it every week. We know what he can do. It's just I think it surprises opposition teams and supporters when when they see you know. Everyone digs him out for being like a a penalty taker and a. On that one, he did he did an interview, didn't he, Rav? I just want to quickly go over that one. Which he did two interviews. Like, which ones are worth talking about? I'm not sure what the timeline is because it's like they it's like they've been interviewed at the same time, but they've been released slowly or something. All right, well, but basically, I t- all right. Well, I, t- I tell you yeah. what, let's not let's not we'll, we'll leave that one. We'll get to that one in a little bit. Let's just uh, why don't we just just discuss Ryan Mason for the moment, right? How would how would you yeah. think he's doing, and and does he deserve a does does he if if you know if we get sixth place right if we if we we're not going to get we're not going to get going to get fourth now that's out of the question but if we get fifth or sixth does he deserve a, a, a stab at having a go at doing it full time next season? For me, I like I like what he's doing. I love the way he talks in press conferences. Is it impresses me the most. Because he just says stuff like, 
that I'd feel like I'd say, like, they've got to fight for their place at Tottenham Hotspur. This is the greatest club in the world. You've got to, you've got to earn your spot here and we we should be challenging. And he says all the great things. I just think, I just think if he does anything, like, let's say he does, he gets us fifth and fourth sometimes, Levy will be like, yeah, this is, like, I, I was right. Conte was wrong. And I'm just not going to back him. I think we need a bit of a personality to a bit of a winner still. I still think we need a winner in the squad just to just to build around and let Mason go out and go to the championship or lower end prem, let him learn a bit more and actually take a job and then see where we're at after when we've got our shit together basically and he's he's learned a bit more. I, I'm I'm still not quite sure he's ready yet to be for me personally. He he says that he's ready though. He came out and said he thinks he's ready for it. I mean, that's it's big talk, isn't it? From a what thirty-one year old, it's big talk. Like, they said, do you think you're ready? He's like, yeah, I, I think I'm ready. Like, I mean, he's worked under Poch. Well, he played under Poch. Um, I think it was Poch that got him back in as as uh, coach though while he was still there. Is that right? I think yeah. I think he, I think Poch was still yeah. there when he brought him in as coach. Yeah. And then obviously he worked under Jose. Did he work under Jose? He did work under Jose, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, he took over after. Yeah, yeah. And did he work under Proud Boy? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think anyone worked under him, to be fair. But yeah, I don't think he worked. I don't know. Um, yeah. So it's interesting uh, that he he thinks he's he wants it, and it's it'd be interesting if he doesn't get it, and he won't. Um, well, I fucking hope he don't. Anyway, I fucking jinx that now. Um, it'll be interesting when he doesn't get it what he decides to do if, you know, someone like a Nagelsmann comes in and says, yeah, I'm going to bring all my people in. Um, yeah, you, you can coach with me if you want. He might not fancy doing that again. He might feel, especially if he, if he finishes strongly and, um, and he feels like he's, he feels like he's got more to offer. He might just be like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not interested. I'm going to go and, you know, if I, is he got his badges? Can he, can, I'm assuming he, he has, I don't know how it works. Like, because Tim Sherwood didn't have his badges, did he? And when he was coaching us at the time, he, I think he had to go and get them before he went to Villa, didn't he? I think you're right. I think so, yeah. So I think you can like you can be a caretaker manager with just like uh, a city and guilds in level one in football knowledge, like. But then if you want to kick on to be like full time manager, you've got to have a few certificates under your belt. You got to pay your subscription fee. <laughs> yeah, you can't just be you can't just be a dosser. You've got to, you've got to be a proper geezer. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, I think I think he's. Uh, I've, I've always liked Ryan Mason. I even liked him when he was a player. I was gutted when we sold him. I just I've always had a little bit of affinity with him because he comes through the he comes through the system and uh, like you said, he says the right things. And I, I like I like him in interviews as well because he always talks like he hates all of the people that are asking him questions. Like he's offended by every question that gets asked to him, doesn't he? You not get that from him, and I really like that. He's just like. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a very defensive like nature. The, the way he talks in interviews, it's like don't like don't start to try and slag my players off in front of me, or question because I'm gonna I'm gonna protect them and I'm gonna come out and yeah, I'm gonna stand up for them no matter what. He is quite defensive, you know, it, isn't it? Yeah. But it's, 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 it's nice to hear. It's good to hear. He's got like a, a sort of a very good 
and I think you're seeing it the more interviews he's doing his his tone and the things he says it is it, it is quite good he's quite good in an interview we we know he loves the club in it and that that goes a long way do you know what I mean I think I think you get a lot more leeway with the supporters uh if if they know that you genuinely love the club and you're not just here because it's a paycheck um mm. And I think that goes a long way. You get you get a bit of leeway with it, you know. I think if any other any other manager, I think if Conte had lost that one to Liverpool the other week, he would have been just fucking dragged over the coals. Everyone would have been Conte out, Conte out, and all that stuff. But I think with Mason, yeah. I think everyone is saying, you know, he's young, he's 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 just he's doing the best he can with what he's got. You know what? Our XG is the highest it's been in like two years or some. Or it's, it's maybe three years in the last few games, isn't it? Oh yeah. How mad is that? I need to. I should pull the figures up. I'll try and pull them up at the, at the half-time period. But I XG. I mean, I don't believe in that bollocks. But you, you can only ignore it for so long. All that stuff, all the all the data analysis stuff, and teams that tend to end at the top end of the t- at the table, are the teams that create the most most expected goals and score the most goals. So you can only ignore ignore that stuff for so long. It isn't the be all and end all. We all know that it means fuck all. Like you can have a high XG in a game like we did. Uh, 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 I think we did have a high XG against Palace, didn't we? No one gives a fuck about no, it, do they? No, no, I don't think we did against Palace. I think it was like... It might have been the previous previous couple eight. of games. Yeah, it might have been the previous couple of games. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's he's doing he's doing some good things. And we look we look a bit more... It's going to take time, isn't it? It ain't going to be... And it's at the wrong time of the season because there's only a few games left. But at least it's... There's a reason to be excited about watching football, isn't it? You know what I mean? At least we're trying to score goals and keep possession and whatnot. Um, okay, so yeah, going back to the interview stuff with Hurricane, um, just before we get on to it. So yeah, he knocked two records out of the weekend. So it was one, he's the second outright top goal scorer in the in Premier League history now. And he's got, what, 52 to go to, to catch Shearer. Ain't that yeah. much, is it? Yeah. When you think about it, ain't that much. It's only 29. Yeah. Sure, must be shitting himself. Did any did any of you watch Match of the Day? I didn't know. I didn't see it. So so part of the part of the interview for Match of the Day was Harry um, talking, and the commentators asked him something along the lines of, uh, "He's asked him about Alan Shearer, and Kane's gone like diplomatic. He goes, "Ah, like it's still a long way off." Do you know what I mean? I'm not thinking about it. We'll see what happens sort of thing. And the commentator pushes him again. And um, yeah, I think uh, Harry goes, ah, well, and, and I don't I don't think Harry meant it like sarcastically as if to say, oh, Shearer's, um, yeah. Like, because Harry comes out and says, he goes, yeah, I'm sure, um, I'm sure he's enjoying me watch, like, watching me score goals. Um and I don't think he meant it sarcastically as if, oh, yeah, do you know what I mean? I'm coming for his record. He's like, and then he went back to the, went back to the guys in the, in the studio and Alan Shearer, um, I think Lineker had said something, oh, he's coming for you, Alan. Um, he's coming for your record. Um, are you enjoying watching him score goals? And he went, oh, I'm enjoying his team frying away fourth spot ha, ha, and like laughing. And I was just like, you fucking horrible, you horrible cunt. Do you know what I mean? Like Harry Kane has not said, like not tried to dish you or take the piss or anyway. And you come out with a comment like that. I was just like, 
man. You can tell, yeah, Alan Shearer does not want his record going. And, yeah, it was, it was a little bit vicious what he come out and said. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, yeah, I've always thought he was a wanker anyway. But it's you, – you, you're going to get – they're, they're going to get fourth spot. All right, they whacked us up the other week. You know, we all saw it. We don't need to talk about it in any depth. But, again, financial doping. Do you know what I mean? You, you're, yeah. you, you guys should be in the championship and thinking yourself lucky, actually. Do you know what I mean? It's only because someone's come in, got you a decent, decent bit of money to fright some some players, and it's got that. You know, don't get me wrong, Eddie Howe's done a good job, but you would be you would, you'd be having players like Kieran Trippier down there and Gamerish yeah. and Isaac and all these cunts they've got fucking running around. It wouldn't have happened. You'd be you you would be in the championship. So yeah, mm. great. If 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 getting to the Champions League is 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 the be all and end all. Yeah, you've done it. Uh, it's, it's, it's the same value as all the trophies that City and Chelsea win. Yeah, you've got the silverware, your name's in history, but what does it really mean on the grand scheme of things? It means nothing. If Arsenal won the league this season, it would have meant something. Don't get me wrong, they still spend money, they still pay wages, but it would have meant something if Arsenal won the league this season. That pains me to say it, but it would have meant something. City winning doesn't mean fuck all. It doesn't, does it? No. Not really. They can just go out and get a, get get the best striker, the best young player in the world in Haaland. Just go and get him and pay him seven hundred grand a week. Yeah, and they can they can do that. They would have won the league without him, in my opinion. Yeah, they they yeah they would have like like you could say with all that Haaland has done in terms of his scoring record, even at the start where he was banging goals in, people were saying, "Oh, City don't look." Like the same kind of kind of team, Haaland's banging in goals, but City looked worse for it. It was like this weird. That's what I'm saying. And wait till it clicks. I mean, look, it looks like it's starting to click now. It's but wait till it wait till, wait till it proper clicks as well. It's going to be devastating. But mm. again, it, what does it what does it really mean? What does it really mean if City win the Champions League? What does it really mean? Because they have they have two squads, and I think basically what they what they all do now is they they build like a network of clubs all over the world so they hoard all the, the talent and eventually you're just going to get probably Chelsea City and Newcastle challenging for the league every year because they have two 11s and then whichever one of them doesn't win the league the other one wins the Champions League and it's going to be impossible to compete I think like really because you got to think like 90 points is a good league win normally and now it's it's nothing it's like not even that impressive these days like it it is crazy that more more pundits and stuff don't talk about that, but it's what it is, I suppose. You kind of just got to try and see if you can sneak in winning a cup or something. Yeah, you should try and do really. And again, I don't want to keep going over it, but if if Arsenal, I mean, they still could win the league. You know, City could slip up. We're writing them off like they're not one point behind City in the league, which which they are at the at the present time. But if if Arsenal to win it, based on what happened to Arsenal last year, where they completely capitulated at the end of the season. Mm. You've got to say that that's that's an unbelievable achievement, and they're not they're not the best team in the league. Even if they won the league, they're not the best team in the league. Le- Leicester weren't the best team in the league when they won the league, but that, in that in that moment, they you know, all right, we can we can sit here and say that teams rolled over for them, and they did. But the point is, if Newcastle get into the top four, it means fuck all. Like I expect you to get into the top four. Like you can go out and buy wherever you want now, and all right, you know their team isn't full of superstars yet, but it will be. Yeah. It will be, um, yeah, and yeah, and they've been very lucky that we've dropped off this season, and we have. There's no point denying it. We've been very unlucky with injuries. 
Um, Chelsea have fucking completely fallen off a cliff, and Liverpool ain't been at the races either. Man United have not, have not been great. So there's only really been three teams this season that have actually kind of fired on all cylinders like for, for most of the year. Everyone, yeah. else has, everyone else has been shy. We started all right, and then we kind of fell off. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a. It's, a, it's like um, you know, everyone's everyone's crying about uh, Newcastle like they're, they're they've just come out of nowhere and do you know what I mean? Like they've achieved some massive. They've done like a massive Leicester achievement. Yeah, it ain't it ain't that like <laughs> you you haven't you haven't you haven't broke the mold this season. You've just followed the same fucking pattern as as Chelsea and Man City did before you. Um, so yeah, we kind of veered off topic a little bit there. And it was my fault, so apologise for that. So the Kane interview, Ravi. Let's get back to that the Kane interview. Well, over the last couple of days, he's had a couple of interviews where he's kind of just sort of said, "We've lost the values that we had under Poch." I think that was one of the first things he said. Where, yeah, he's we've we have literally lost the will to compete at the top. It it, it seems like we're only aiming for fourth. And players are comfortable and all that stuff we talk about every week. Um, and then the second interview came out kind of like hours before we came on to pause. And he was sort of saying like he was going to speak to the chairman in the summer about his future, about the future of the club. He kind of called out the culture of the club. He was sort of saying that, um, yeah, we, yeah, again, we've lost our values and we need to create a culture of winning at this club, like not just kind of, not just competing to, to make up the numbers sort of thing. Another interesting thing you said was we can't really turn our nose up at the Conference League because if you're in it, it's the trophy to be won and we're on a 15-year trophy drought. So if we're in it, we'll go and win it. We're going we're gonna to try and win it. Uh, it kind of sounds to me like he's a man who isn't isn't thinking of leaving anytime soon. Actually, I don't know what you guys think. I think he's probably going to run his contract down and, and wait to see what happens next year. I mean, I, I think I think he probably knows himself that Levy's going to price him out of a out of a, out of a move. Um, but yeah, he's right. What he says about the Conference League, it is a trophy to win. Um, and you know, I I I distanced myself from the Conference League up until the very last minute of the final, until we won it, and then I'd get the Conference League tattooed on my neck forever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because that's the kind of fickle yeah. hypocrite fan that I am. Um, nah, uh, yeah, I would actually. Um, but yeah, so there was the second interview as well. Was was that the second interview? What was there was two, wasn't there? It kind of combined for me. Yeah, I wasn't sure which one was which because both of them were coming on my Twitter feed at the same time. Uh, but the, yeah, they're both kind of within a couple of days of each other. It sounds like the players are really reflecting because obviously we'll talk about it in a bit, but Hoiberg has also said some things which are really pointing to some of the players really not having the correct attitude. And to be honest, I don't think any of our players are like like pricks in the dressing room. Like I don't think there are any of them are like I remember Charles ego prima donnas. I couldn't think of anyone. Yeah, but everyone loves him. So is he the right kind of prick? If you know what I mean? Do like, they love like, him? Like, I don't know. I don't think anyone's disruptive. Oh uh, yeah, loads of people love Richarlison in our fan base, and it looks like on social media and uh, uh, the players as well. I think. I don't know. Bones, did you see that? Did you see that podcast of um, 
what's his guy's name for West Ham and Callum Wilson? Oh, Antonio. Yeah, Antonio and Callum Wilson and their little pod that they do digging out Richarlison. No. Saying that he's took his shirt off four times this season for four goals and and three of them were offside. And he's got four yellow he's got four yellow cards for it. <laughs> <laughs> he's got one goal, four yellow cards. <laughs> uh, he's one one away from getting a ban. I I I love Richie. I I think he's good for I think he's good for our club, and I think eventually it'll come good. Um, yeah, but going back to what um, Rav was saying about the Kane interview, I think not to put like a conspiracy or cynical view on it. Um, in terms of culture, yeah, it has been a different culture from under Pochettino. Um, but Pochettino had a team of youngsters that could be moulded and fired up who didn't know any better. Um, and they were going to new places that, that like, do you know what I mean? That, that there was a, a promise of a utopia at the end of the fucking yellow brick road, do you know what I mean? It didn't quite happen. And then you've got, uh, we've had managers like Mourinho and Conte that have come in. And yeah, a culture, it's this, yeah, that word culture, I'm I'm not sure about. I mean, the, the managers have to take part of the blame for it and Levy as well. But ultimately, I think a lot of it comes down to is our players weren't, Good enough, and but, if our players that, act- come, that comes down to Levy as well, doesn't it? Because he he yeah. needs to have the right people around him to advise him what the looking at the squad and the players that are available, the types of players that we have. What is who is the right kind of manager to bring in, like tactically? And he's brought the wrong managers in because Conte and Mourinho are the same guy, more or less. All right, one's a bit more kind of ruthless and yeah defensive minded than the other slightly I'll let you decide which one I'm talking about um, <laughs> but you, again you probably, you probably you know, it's so balanced between them they're very similar in the way they set mm. up um, the way they play what they need to make their system work which is again lots and lots of experienced quality players and Levy should have known that and not appointed them Do you know I mean don't get me wrong I was loving it when, when Conte got appointed I wasn't it was a bit. It was a bit weird when Jose got appointed because of the whole pot string. But we were we were well gassed when Conte got appointed. But if if we sat down and, and really really like looked at our squad, we would have known that that Conte's not getting fuck away that squad. And I think a lot of pundits on Sky Sports at the time, it's a strange appointment for Conte yeah. because he's that that squad is not fit for purpose. Maybe he's looking at it, you know this is maybe something different, a different kind of project for him. But that squad wasn't. That wasn't a Conte squad. Well, I think I think we all thought that Levy was going to change because, yeah, we all kind of predicted how it would, was going to end with Conte the way it did, where he'd just get pissed off with not getting what he wanted. So we all thought that Levy would have seen that and have known to not push him too far. And he obviously did. Like, just going back to the Richie thing, 60 million spent on him. Which again, you can debate that. I forget the player himself, but sixty million on a striker or sixty million on a centre back 
you know which one Conte wants. You know he needs that centre-back. So why have we kind of not done that? It's kind of the silliness of it. Like, that is the culture, isn't it? It's by whatever whatever's opportuni- opportunistic and not really just focus on the actual bits we need for the manager that we have. I think that's maybe what they're kind of alluding to, to the players as well. I think they're seeing that. Yeah, I think Juan de Ramos came out recently and he said, um, I think we spoke about it the other day, he came out and said, oh, but, but um, I believe he wanted to sell Berbatov, like, you know, when he just had a great season for me at, at Spurs. And I said, yeah, if you want to sell him, sell him, it's fine, but make sure you replace him with someone as good. And he said he bought me Roman Pavlyuchenko. And yeah, and I think that's the kind of the level you get. And I think I think a lot of managers have said the same thing uh, with regards to Levy. You know, he's willing to cash in when he when he when he when he has to, but he doesn't give you the adequate tools to fill them fill them gaps. Um, let's get up to the halftime point, lads. So I guess we put pin it there. Um, a question to ask, I think I'll, we'll leave it on this kind of knife edge, is is it time to cash in on Harry Kane? I mean, obviously, we've, we've spoken about it briefly, but is it time now, if the right bid comes in, just to cash in and rebuild with the money we can get from him? Um, so that one to ponder on in the halftime period. North London is ours. Uh, welcome back to part two of season one, episode 34. Uh, we ended on the cliffhanger of whether we think it's time to cash in on Harry Kane on or not. Um, I'm going to go with you, Bonesy, right? If May United come in for 100 million, do you sell Harry Kane? And no. Use the, and use the money to rebuild? No? No? Okay. No. No, I don't think... Um, I don't think we can afford to. Like, he, he's that good. I mean, you can go back to the likes of Gareth Bale and stuff like that, and we all thought it would be potentially doom and gloom when we sold in, but Harry Kane's a different kettle of fish. He's He scores us 20, 25 goals every season. He's our Royal of the Rovers. I, I just... One, if we sold him, the money that we'd use to reintroduce in the squad, what top player is going to want to come to, <laughs> come to Spurs missing Harry Kane? Do you know what I mean? Um, and secondly, you're not going to find another top quality world-class striker that can bang in the goals that he does. So I think we've got to, I think Levy's got to speculate to accumulate on this one. I think he's got to spend a bit of money and hopefully we can win a trophy and then Kane signs a new deal. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't get rid of Kane. Trundled mil. Rev, what do you reckon? Nah, I wouldn't get rid. I think you could argue that he's our best ever player. There's a, there's a strong argument for that. I don't ever want to see him go. I think he deserves trophies. So I think if I'm Daniel Levy, I make sure that this summer I have a chat with him and I assure him I'm going to fix up and then fix up and actually like look like we're buying players to challenge for things not letting players get comfortable and getting rid of the right players, getting a good manager and just hope he signs a new deal in the next year when it looks like things are on the up. Cause I think he would, I think if, uh, if things look like they're on the up for us, the only, the only place he's really going is United. So and are United that like much closer to a premier league or champions league than we are? 
I think you'll be looking at United this year and thinking, yeah, you didn't really kick on after you won the League Cup. You've kind of fallen off a cliff. You've kind of fumbled your way into the FA Cup final. It's going to be a big ask for them to beat City. And even if they do, you know, they've, they've massively fallen off. They could even miss out on top four this season. The way Liverpool are playing at the moment and the way United are playing, I could see Liverpool pipping them to fourth spot. Um, so... He'll be looking at that and he'll be thinking, well, who else is there? There, there, isn't, there isn't anyone else, really. I, don't, I can't ever see him going to Chelsea, even if Podge is, is, at, is at Chelsea next year. I can't really see him. And I can't see Daniel Levy allowing that. The way things are at the moment with the, the fans, Levy letting him go to Chelsea, letting Kane go to Chelsea, would just be, there would be, there would there'd be people after him, like and his family, like his family would be banging trouble. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it, there's there's different caveats to it. Like, so there, there was a thing that you mentioned about uh, Mika Richards and what he was saying oh Harry Kane how does he sleep at night knowing how good he is and he hasn't won a trophy and yeah that's that's all well and good right that's all well and good and we, we always talk about you know what he's what he's achieved in the game outside of trophies and that is you know England's greatest goal scorer Tottenham's greatest goal scorer he's bearing down on Alan Shearer's record now is he really going to look at Man United now and go I start every game for Man United he, theoretically, on paper, if he goes to Man United, he starts every game. But we all know that isn't the case when you go to a club like Man United. It doesn't always work straight away, and he might get a run of games, and it might not work out for him. He might he might have a rough start, and all of a sudden, they they might change the system, and they might play Rashford up front or Martial up front, and he might be benched for whatever reason because they've got quite a lot of players. They don't need a player that drops deep. They don't need Harry Kane for that kind of role because they've got a, a, a kind of they've got a an abundance of attacking midfielders in, you know, Fernandez, Ericsson, Sabitzer, if he, if he stays. They've got loads of players who can fill that hole where Kane likes to drop in and dictate a bit deeper in the pitch. So is he going to play every week? And he's going to be asking himself that. He's going to be thinking about that record. and He's going to be thinking, I'm bearing down on that. I've only got to hit like 25, 20 goals. Over the next three years, if I hit 20 goals a season, the next three years, I've got that record and I'm, I'm number one. But is he going to get that if he if he goes to United? Is he going to play every week for the next three years? Well, yeah, like Rashford, Rashford doesn't Rashford take their pens or Fernandez take their pens? Like he's not going to get penalties probably because he doesn't score free kicks, so that's not going to hurt him too hard. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, and yeah, there's, there's different characters, different people, like egos. Like Fernandez is is a bit of a prick. He's not going to like someone else being in the spotlight. I don't think he even like Ronaldo being in the spotlight. So, so yeah, he's got Kane's probably thinking about this, and that's why I think he's he's doing. I think last time he was linked with a move to City, he didn't play it very well. I don't think, and we all we all know that we were all a bit mad at him at the time and stuff. But um, this time, I think he knows he's keeping the fans on side, but he knows that the club is is in a mess, so he's playing it like quite diplomatically. And I think part of him wants to stay. Like it, it, we've heard, he's a Spurs fan. We all we all think that he'd stay if we were doing the right things. It's just, it's just we're not, and that's that's kind of the issue, isn't it? Like I think City, City was have... the right, City was the right move for him then, and he would have gone to City, and he would have scored a lot of goals, and he would have won. He would have won at least two Premier Leagues by now, probably, right? Yeah. And maybe even a Champions League and a couple of FA Cups and a League Cup. And no one would be talking about him not winning trophies anymore. But do we really give a fuck about whether Harry Kane's win trophies or whether Spurs win trophies? 
Spurs. I don't care. I don't care if Harry Kane goes to Man City and wins trophies. It doesn't mean anything to me. That's great. Well done. You deserve it. Hey, Mika Richards and Sooners and Neville, they get their wish. You know what I mean? They can watch. You know what I mean? How does Neville sleep at night wishing that, you know, someone like Kane goes to Man City and wins trophies? Like, they're meant to be like the biggest rivals, obviously next to Liverpool. But he'd rather, you almost get the pressure, he'd rather Harry Kane win trophies with City than stay at Spurs and not win anything. Do you know what I mean? Do you get that that feeling? They just want they just don't want him to stay at Spurs any longer. Yeah. They don't they don't they don't like again, like how how much of an icon of the game is Michael Richards? Like he won he won the Premier League in an FA Cup at City when they got rich, as we said earlier. And now he's just kind of known as the guy who laughs funny and, and kind of had up. Yeah. Like he's not he's not like he but he, the way he was talking, it was just kind of like He's 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 like a serial winner, the one every trophy, and and like I don't know, like he got relegated with Villa, like he's he, that's what I remember him for more so. And yeah, it's just it's the way they go on. They they really just don't. I think it's the agenda thing again. I think we might have to bring it back. Where it's just it's just yeah, shit on little little old Spurs and Harry Kane's too good for that shit club. That, that's kind of how they talk, isn't it? That's kind of the, the vibe. If next season we won the two shittest cups available to us, so that may be the Conference League and the League Cup, and we won both of them, they'd still be saying it. Oh, this isn't enough yeah. for Harry Kane. This isn't enough. This, you know. But the thing is, right, look at, looking back at Levy, right, going back to the original question, 100 million for Harry Kane, do you take it? Do you fuck? Because you, everyone's putting this number on it, like, oh, yeah, you get 100 million for a, a 29-year-old or a 30-year-old with, with a year left on his contract. You've got to take 100 million. Levy doesn't have to take 100 million, because if Levy had to take 100 million, he'd take it. But he doesn't need to take it because Harry Kane's given him eight odd years of having one of the best strikers in Europe where he hasn't had to spend crazy money on strikers. <laughs> so that money that you're talking about, it's all relative because he saved probably about 500 million. Harry Kane on, has paid for on, himself. On, on nine years of not having to spend yeah. 60 million a year on, on a fucking new striker when they've been shit every year. So... Saying, oh, oh, you got to take the hundred million. You got to take the hundred million. Well, he was like, well, he's saved me hundreds of millions. Do you know what I mean? And he's going to save him millions going forward because you take Harry Kane out of that, all straight away, the the chances of us qualifying for the Champions League and for Europe is the odds are slashed across the board. So, yeah, that means. I don't know what the difference is between qualifying for the conference versus the Europa versus the Champions League, but it's millions, isn't it? I think right. in the I think in the Champions League you get thirty million for thirty or forty million for the, the initial qualification. I might be way off. Someone might call me a cunt here. It used to be that. It might have changed. It might be more now. I think Europa, Europa League you get like about fucking five or six million for a qualification. And I think for the Conference League, you have to pay them to go into it. <laughs> I think it's on, it's like there's no money. You have to kind of, you have to pay a subscription. And also, like talking about that sort of money, right? Getting to that Champions League final, didn't that net us about 70, 80 million for getting to the, the final? It was in the 90s. We we earned the most money out of TV revenue that even more than Liverpool who won it, believe it or not. So them seasons, and again, this is another re, another thing you got to question Levy on, and how he's allocating the money. Um, but them seasons, 
we're like really we didn't have any shit or business like pot like i've said many many times pots laid a golden egg so it's golden egg easter was a couple of weeks ago man we've gone for the golden eggs leave has been flushed with money that you look a bit like veruca salt with your hair down bonesy (laughs) (laughs) you want the golden egg from the golden goose so levy can't have put qualifying for maybe quarters or semi-finals or getting to the final of a champions league he can't have put in that in his financial planning going forward do you know what i mean and built that into his fucking revenue streams and that and his projections because yeah a bank could look at that and fucking laugh him out i've got the champions league final like, what have you been taking? Because I'll have some. Do you know what I mean? So, we, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That that money is money that wasn't in their, yeah, projected income over whatever period. Um. So, yeah, it is. It is that. But you've got to take into account, you know, he's lost, probably lost, big, big time. He's lost out on Delhi Alley. But only if you, only if you were looking to sell him. I don't think Deli Ali would have been sold if he was still at the club and he was still performing like he was previously. So yeah, all that talk of yeah, oh, they've lost out on Deli Ali's, you know, he was worth 150 million at one point and now he's worth. Well, I don't, he, well he ain't worth fuck all because he ain't a Spurs player anymore. But yeah, Lee, Lee will be looking at Harry Kane and thinking he saved me money. I don't care about 100 million for him because, like you say, he's worth more to the club here. For even for one more year than he is yeah. you know, at hundred million. And who'd you go and get for hundred million? Are you, are you going to go and buy? That's proven. Uh, yeah, Ivan Tony, probably. I like Ivan Tony, but then you, but then you know, we probably need to sign. We probably we we couldn't edge our bets all in on Ivan Tony. How much does Ivan Tony cost? He's costing fifty. 50, 60 million at least, Easy. isn't he? Yeah. He's going to cost 50, 60 million. Maybe more, depending on, you know, who's who's bidding and, you know, how, how many years on his contract. And then you got to think, well, we need a creative midfielder. So then we're what? We're going to get Madison as well. That's going to be 40 million. Especially if Leicester go down, maybe a little bit less. So, and we've you know, still then, and we've still then got no money for a new goalkeeper and centre off. Yeah. And some central midfielders. Yeah. I think another thing we haven't considered is you kind of just alluded to it there. Like if if Larice goes, Kane's going to be our captain next year. If he assuming he doesn't go, do you think that like sways him a little bit, like being the captain of Spurs, or do you think he doesn't? He's not really. He's not really thinking about that. I think I don't think Kane should be captain. I think Kane needs to be let. To, I mean, he leads by example, and he's done terrifically for England. But I just would like him to just be Kane and do Kane things mm. and not be responsible for everyone on the pitch and the mouthpiece for everybody on the pitch. He does that anyway, to be fair, because he, he does that. When, you know, whenever anything's kicking off on the pitch, um, he goes to the referee and he, and he tries to call things down or he tries to question the referee on, on what decisions have been made. He, he does that already. I don't think you have to make him captain to do that. I think we need a we need a, like a... A proper fucking old school captain, someone who's going to kick players up the arse when they're not pulling their weight, kind of kind of personality. That's that's what I would like to see. Lloris, yeah. man, he don't even speak, man. Yeah, he's probably quite, you know, he's probably got a nice kind of senior, experienced kind of wisdom that 
is nice in the dressing room, but even then they say he doesn't really speak in the dressing room. It kind of just goes, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. nods his head and just kind of, we, we, sacre bleu. Yeah, not exactly inspiring. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think we just, yeah, fuck it. Keep going for another year. Fuck it. Make him, make him see out his contract, even if you don't want to. Just make him stay and play. And um, it, go on. no, I was gonna say because even like even if he did see out his contract, it's it, it'd be what thirty. He'd still have like he could. He keeps himself in trim. He could still have three or four years at the top in the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? If he's if he's looking at Ronaldo as like a sort of a benchmark, do you know what I mean? Three or four years easy, he could still perform at the top of the, uh, the top end in the Premier League, I reckon. Yeah, I don't want him to go. I want him to stay. You know, he's, as you say, he's probably our best ever player. He's probably the best ever servant of the club that we've had um, in terms of his returns and what he's contributed over nine years or so and he came through the system didn't cost us a penny so that's that's the other that's the other side of it as well um so Tengi and Dumbly won the Scudetto in the week isn't it yep and Toby <laughs> won a, Toby won a trophy last week as well isn't it he won the Belgian yeah. FA Cup or something wasn't it yeah uh, I mean I wanted to say like Gallini was also part of the Napoli squad didn't it oh was so it so he's won a trophy too yeah and he's probably the worst keeper I've seen us sign. He was he was rubbish. Wasn't he like a rapper as well? He was like a goalkeeper rapper. I think uh, I think that come up on one of yeah. I'm sure that come up on one of the early podcasts. I'm sure he was a rapper. I, I think he was. Yeah. I, I think, think he I mean. was. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Just don't sign goalkeepers that are rappers, man. No other club does shit like that. Like it comes into the job interview. Like if they have job interviews, I don't know. You know when they come in and do their little trial. So what you what you're uh, what you what are you doing in your free time then when you when you're not when you're not training training you go oh, you know I'm I'm a rapper I'm a rap rap artist you know I'm an aspiring I go to like kind of rap battles and yeah I, I, I spit bars I talk about my tough upbringing on the on the mean streets of uh, of Italy and yeah it's, you know it's just what I do get me out the door man get out get out right now <laughs> fucking rapper man get the fuck out of here man. <laughs> Um, Andy Cole was a rapper as well, wasn't he? Wasn't Andy Cole a rapper? I think so. I think I think Clint Dempsey was as well. Oh, yeah, he was. Clint Dempsey was a rapper, and he had a rap name <laughs> yeah. as well that wasn't Clint Dempsey. He had a he had another yeah. name. Well, was it like D Three or something like that? Or yeah, it was something like the Pest <laughs> or something like that. I can't remember. It was something. The, the level the level of rap you should aspire to and never exceed is John Barnes. Because then it's, yeah, obviously he can't rap. He's never going to have a career in rap. Just let him go and rap. That's fine. But if you really think that you're rapping, yeah, I don't know. Too much rap talking. Deuce. 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 That was it. Deuce. Yeah. Oh, mate. All right. We just um, love signing rappers, man. We don't like signing footballers. Maybe Kane's got a, a new single coming out, you know, on the underground scene that we're not aware of. Uh, so... There was talk of Kulu uh, this week as well. There's been a few kind of mutterings and murmurings regarding whether... So we were, we were only obliged to buy Kulu if we qualify for the Champions League. And now that looks like that's off the table, unless, you know, Man United and um, Newcastle completely capitulate in the last few games of the season. 
we ain't getting Champions League football, are we? So fifth and sixth is probably what we're looking at now. So both would get a Europa League spot, I think, this season. Um, yeah. if, if City win the Champions League, doesn't fifth spot go to the to Champions League? No. No, I don't think so. That's bullshit, man. So who gets that spot then? I don't know. I, I think, think it. I think it then gets passed to one of the lower tiers in Europe. Why? I don't know. You'd have, you'd have to ask. Mate, if boy, it was uh, anyone else finishing fifth, right? They'd get it because because it, it could be us that finish fifth. Um, yeah, if, if Liverpool finish fifth, it'll be they'll go. Oh, yeah, Champions League spot. Yeah, or United. Um, yeah, so they're saying now that Kulu might not sign because he wants to see what's going on with the, the kind of managerial appointment, director of football. And someone close to him has come out and said that he's not sure what he wants to do. He wants to wait um, and see what happens. Do, do we push? I mean, it's going to cost thirty-six million apparently to sign Kulusevski. Do we? Uh, do we do we want him? Thirty six million? Yes. Yeah, I want him. Yeah? Yeah. He's not had a great season, is he? He's he's not ever really looked fit to me this season, to be honest. I think he's carrying an injury or something also. He's never got fully fit. Um but yeah, I think I think he showed he showed enough last year to to keep him like we're under a new manager, maybe a bit more front foot attacking football. Might might suit him a bit better, I'm hoping. But yeah, I, I still think we should sign him. Bonesy, what do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought we should have snapped him up at the end of last season when I think it would have only would have cost thirty. Um, but yeah, thirty-six million for what I've seen, not so much this season, but last season, he looks like a bargain at thirty thirty-six. I ain't sure, man. I ain't sure this season. I'm thinking. I, I think he's looked a bit of a fucking donkey, man. Um. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. We saw what he's capable of last year, but that was last year. Um, let's face, let's face it. The whole team's been shit this year, isn't it? Yeah, I so, mean, he he's got a higher ceiling than the likes of and Dombali and some of the other players that are coming back. And and Hoybier, Hoybier, I don't know if we get any more out of him now. I think we've got as much as we're going to probably ever get out of him. So yeah, you're right. He's got a higher ceiling. That's 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 that's, that's definite. Uh, who else is there? Like we've got. So what Dan Juma? I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. It seems a bit of a strange appointment altogether. That one. Um, it, I mean, yeah. I I do want him, but I need to see more of him as well. Like I think, I think his attitude's been pretty good, all things considered, and he's scored every time he's played. So. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I just don't know how we how Paratici was doing things. Like he was just loaning everyone, and uh, like obligating to pay later, which is kind of now what we have to do forever, because we're not going to have the money to sign anyone. Like else, if we stick to Levy's model, mm. it's a weird one. Yeah, I mean, you you said before, like I think you said earlier, Revan was talking. So if we sign Kulazowski, that's that's thirty six million out the pot. And then there's someone else as well you mentioned as well that's going to... Poro. Oh, Pedro. Is that, so that's not done. We've got to pay for him in the summer, have we? I think so, yeah. So how much was that? That's 40 million, wasn't it? Yeah, 45 potentially, yeah. All right, so that's that's 75 million. <laughs> 70, 75 to 80 million out of the pot. 
already. That's what Levy, Levy will be coming out saying, isn't it? They'll be, oh, I've spent X amount on players and it's players like... Yeah, you haven't, like, you haven't, like, in, in the eyes of the fans, just because you're paying them from this year, we class them as last year's signings. So you, you can't really get away with saying, oh, we've spent this much in this transfer window. I mean, I think it was a bit similar to in the summer when when Sky and or when we started to fall off under Conte and it all seemed to start unraveling, unraveling when Sky pulled up the net spend of us in the summer and when you looked at the figures of it it, it had Udogi who we spent 20 odd million on who is uh, um, who we loaned straight back and it included the uh, sort of how much did we pay for Romero? Uh, it's like 50, 60 yeah. I've seen so many different figures for Romero like they kind of yeah they range from like 30 to 60 that's definitely the, a dodgy Paratici one, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He's definitely include, done some buggeries. included them figures. And I think there was another player in there that he included. Um, I can't remember who, who it was. But I was like, well, how can you... Like, you're saying that we've signed these players and this is how much we've spent this summer. It's like, no, you, you, we might have paid for Romero this summer. But we signed in the year before. Udogi, you can't really class him as being a Spurs player because we've loaned him straight back. Do you know what I mean? I think it's... That that is the epitome of kicking the can from Daniel Levy there, isn't it? Absolutely. And and that's Sky using statistics to go where they want the line to go with our Spurs. They've spent the most money. How comes they're doing so shit and the wheels are falling off? Um. So, getting on to the next part of the conversation is the manager talk. So, Arnie Slut has not, he's, he's signed a new deal with, uh, is it Feyenoord? So, he's, he's kind think, of out of the question. I think they're trying to get him to sign one, and I think he's, he's kind of close to agreeing it. I, yeah. yeah. Why, would, why, why would he want to leave and come to Spurs? That's crazy, in my opinion. Um, Vincent Complain, uh yeah, commendable what he's done at Burnley. Not someone that I was interested in, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think I think we talked about it before when we said you know when he was at when he was at Anderlecht he wasn't particularly good there. Uh, I don't think his record was breaking any kind of any kind of any when he walls down. So yeah, not for me. So that kind of really just leaves Nagelsmann and Shabby Alonso, isn't it? Yeah, that kind of crept out. Of, that kind of crept out. I know with that one. Um, what, what's your what's your feelings about Xavi Alonso? He's at Leverkusen, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know much. I think he took them from, I think the relegation spots to like sixth, but like Leverkusen, uh, they probably had a bad half of the season and found themselves down there and he's come in and just taken some of their good players and made them good again. He, he's he's probably one of my favourite players that was an non-Spurs player because he was, I thought he was excellent. Oh, he was great. Um, when he was at Liverpool, he was, he was great. And, and Madrid as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe he... Like, because he was a midfielder, he knows the defensive side and the attacking side, but so did Lampard, and he's awful. So I don't really know enough about Alonso to to really want him. I think, yeah, I think for me, again, it's just Nagelsmann or Bust. I don't really, or give it, you might as well give it Mason if you're going to give it Alonso, in my opinion. Well, uh, there's still, Pochettino hasn't been announced for Chelsea yet, so there's still 
it's still, yeah, I think if Spurs go in for Pochettino, I think I think Pochettino fancies it rather than go to Chelsea, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, half of our like legends are campaigning for it. I think like Wanyama, I mean, he's not a legend, but he came out and said, yeah, if if if, Poch, if the Pochettino I knew had a choice, he'd definitely choose Spurs. I don't know why they're letting him go to Chelsea. I think Ricky Villa came out and said words to that effect as well. I just think I think if we got Poch back, it, it'd be the board admitting they've they fucked up, and the last four years were a waste of time. And I don't think they like really admitting to mistakes. So I, I can't. Re- it, that's what it is. I think that's why we haven't gone back for him. I think that they don't want to admit that they fucked up. And I think I heard somewhere that they fell out with him anyway. That the the years that we sort of didn't sign anyone is because Levy offered him players he didn't want. He wanted like a particular player, and he was just tired of taking like your in, in kudus and in jays and all that. And I think they behind the scenes apparently there was a bit of a bust up, and that like that's why the the border sort of like, well, no, he's criticised us, so fuck him, sort of thing. But well, that's I all think, to one okay. And I think um, didn't Poch he he didn't like the fucking the Amazon documentary either, did he? He didn't want cameras around the ground filming him in these players. Well, we didn't like his fucking book that he released. Unlucky, mate. Yeah, I exactly. liked his book. I, I, I liked his book. I thought it was very good, his book. It, but it was it was poorly timed, though. Do you, do you not think? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It co- coincided quite conveniently with our with our capitulation. I'm not saying it was that. I'm not saying it was that. But come on, man. A tell-all book about... What's going on behind the scenes at Spurs? Do you know what I mean? And then he's going to and he's going to start crying about the fucking documentary that that happens. Like he 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 started that shit. That book was yeah, always a bad idea, man. As soon as I saw that was coming out, I was like, this. And I saw some snippets that were being released in the media. I think the Daily Mail were, had like exclusive rights to it, and they were dropping little anecdotes here and there. I thought, fuck, this is not good, man. We we we're, we're doing so well. This is the last thing that we need. I think what was it? I can't remember some of the snippets, but it was like Walker. Walker, I think there was something bad about Walker from memory. And the one, the one thing that always sticks with me from that book is we signed Sissoko, and you could tell Poch did not want him. Like it was just like, like Daniel. Daniel's assured me that I can make him a better player, and he's like, hmm, we'll see. And yeah, you, you just kind of know that these players are not being bought for by Poch. They're being bought. By, like, I guess it's Daniel Levy. And imagine you're Sissoko and you're like in the dressing room, you come to a new club and you read that your manager thinks that about you. Like, that's got to be, that's pretty brutal, man. Like, that's quite harsh. I, I didn't want, I didn't want Poch to come back. He wasn't my first choice. He wasn't my second choice, right? But as time's ticking, right? And then all these managers are starting to fucking, like, come, you know, they're, they're out of, they're out of, you know, they're not on the, they're not on the conveyor belt anymore. As time's moving on, we're getting closer to the end of the season. If Nagel, if if we if Nagelsman doesn't come off, and we're left in the same situation we was when we appointed Nuno, and then fucking Pochettino's at Chelsea, come on, come on. So now I'm kind of oh, thinking like, weird. unless unless you know for sure we we're going to get Nagelsman right, unless leaving us for sure, it's all done and dusted. It's just a formality now of just getting him. Into uh, fucking Ballsmore Lane or wherever the fuck the training complex is, getting him to sign the paperwork and announcing it, you know, formally on 
Sky Sports or wherever the fuck, right? Unless that is nailed in, then we should be talking to Pochettino, in my opinion. Because yeah. who else is there? Like, who else are we going to get in with that, with that kind of manager experience? And he ain't I mean, my first, first choice. And I, Sifter said it, like, he shouldn't be brought back unless it's absolutely necessary. And I think if we don't get Nagelsmann, it is absolutely necessary that, we, that we're making him a priority. I, I, I'm, 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 and that is, and I've changed my stance on it. And, and, and that's because I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about who we're going to appoint now. Do you know, going back to what you, you two were saying earlier, and I think, Rev, you brought it up um, in regards to Mason, I think if Mason, <laughs> the nightmare scenario I can see is Mason end up being Nuno, where he does all right for the end of the season. Levy goes, oh, this this guy, he's, he's all right. Let's, um, let's give him a chance. And then... Mason starts a new season and with half a dozen games, the fucking wheels have come off. Um, and then, yeah, have to sack him and get someone else in. Like, you know, Levy's got form for making these sort of cheap cost-cutting decisions, isn't he? I just he keep, hope... He, he keeps doing it. He keeps doing it. And I, think, I, mean, I, I mean... Yeah, go on, Luke, sorry. I was... I, I would say... Ideal dream scenario would be, yeah, Nagelsmann takes a job. Mason is one of the assistants. So then he's had an extra top-class manager that he's worked under. And then Mason, after a year, he goes. He goes to the championship or League One and he does it himself. And then, like, if company does well at Burnley... You know he's going to be taking over from fucking Guardiola at City at some point if he does well. Mason needs to cut his teeth on his own, get his own. It's quite, I'd imagine it's quite not the responsibility and the pressure of you taking over from a manager that's already been there and there's certain people around the club. You're sort of, the, the whole responsibility is not on you. Whereas if he has to go into a different club and he has to set up his own, he has to find his own coaches and get his own staff together and, or he goes into a new situation where he doesn't know anyone and he's got to boss these new faces straight away. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, Mason, he shouldn't be our first team coach. Because what you, I, I agree, and what you're saying there, Luke, as well, something that I've, I kind of thought about is a lot of these players are his mate, like yeah. they are his friends, and that, that I don't, they're already too comfortable. Like they're already, you already, you already know that how comfortable they are at the club, not having to perform and stuff. And I, I, I know, I, I don't doubt Mason's going to bollock them if they're bad. But it's going to be one of them where it's your mate bollocking you, and it's kind yeah. of it's not like it's not like Jose or Conte, which they obviously didn't like anyway. Um, and you take, and you could probably resent that person even more because they are your yeah. mate. Do you know what I mean? Because you, you know, mates and stuff like that argue where yeah, yeah. It's a you need, you need strong characters that can uh, yeah. 
I mean, look, yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's two, it's a two, it's a double-edged sword. They're going to probably play for him because they know him and he's a mate and how his career ended and how he's turned it around as a as a coach. But yeah, again, him it, it, calling them a cunt because they've not pulled their weight in a in a training exercise or even a match. Yeah, I don't think senior players are going to have that. Um, mm-hmm. So just quickly coming on to the Villa game, Rav, what do you reckon? Villa away the weekend. See, they well, they were shit hot form for ages, but I think they've fallen off a little bit. And I think under Mason, we're a bit more galvanised. I think we we should beat them. I think we could beat them, to be honest. So, what's your score prediction? Two nil to us. Well, we we need it. We need another, especially another clean sheet as well. Bonesy, what do you yeah, reckon against Willow? I reckon it'll probably be a high scoring draw, two or three all. When is it? Is it Saturday, is it, or Sunday? Yeah, Saturday, 3 o'clock, I think. We're loving a Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff at the moment, aren't we? I don't ever yeah. remember this many Saturday, 3 o'clock, uh, 3 o'clock kickoffs. Um, That's because we're doing shit. <laughs> yeah, we're not in it. We've got we nothing else to play for. It is, <laughs> yeah. it is a little bit of that. Um, right, so I guess uh, we round up there. Cheers, gents. Um, Cheers, mate. Interesting, interesting pods. Um, it's been it's been a difficult kind of period of the season to get infused about talking about Spurs, but there's still there's still quite a lot to. There's, I've got loads of stuff on my on my on my notes that I didn't mention. Um, is Martin Tyler a racist? After his comments he made about Son, didn't bring that one up. Um, maybe we'll save that for next week. Uh, yeah, and also there was some comments that Klopp made after the Liverpool game about, after you know, what Ryan Mason said about um, Skip getting kicked in the head and actually with a red card and Klopp said, well, Ryan Mason shouldn't be worrying about that, especially after Skip's uh, foul on whoever the fuck it was. And he should be more worried about the style of play that Spurs uh, employ. Um, their style of playing and counter-attacking football doesn't work. They can't play football and counter-attacking You can't just be a counter-attacking team. And I thought that was interesting and I did want to pick that apart a little bit, but obviously we're running out of time. I mean, just quickly, like, he before the game, he said we're the best counter-attacking team in the world. Yeah, so, but he's got, to, he's got to say that because he's got to buy himself a bit of fucking something. But then after he's beaten us, he can turn around and say, well, you know, you can't just play counter-attacking. That's the, that's the beauty of hindsight. Uh, it's, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought it, I thought it was interesting, and I and I, I thought it was right as well. I thought he's right. We can't just be a counter attacking team because and we've proved it. Uh, but yeah, we've got no time for that. So we'll maybe pick up on that next week if if we get beat and we are just a counter attacking team again. So yeah, cheers, cheers guys for the for the for the spiel. Um, thanks for listening. If you're still with us, people, uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coins in the hood, and you'll find us. Yeah. That's 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 been episode thirty four. Coming you Spurs. Fucking A.